Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lebop. I am back in the power chair. Thanks to the two guys for holding it down while I was gone. Um, Patrick Waugh followed me to the island, apparently. Pretty exciting stuff there. Um, but before we get to to Waugh, St. Patrick Magic on the island, uh, we'll, we'll handicap our way through this Tuesday evening slate. Nine games on the docket. Uh, we're going to start off with our favorite dogs, and we're going to start off with Tim and Nick. You guys are on the same page with yours. I'll get to my thoughts on, on the game you're going to talk about at the end of the show. St. Louis Blues, uh, they're in Calgary. They're plus 136 right now. Flames minus 162, a total of six. Tim, why do we like the Blues? You know, Leboff, great to have you back. Um, St. Patrick's Day for you uh, with Patty Waugh back. Happy for you. Um, yeah, I'm on the Blues here because I I just can't get here on this line. Uh, I think that um, I, I dove into it. It was kind of shocking at first when I saw, like, you know, St. Louis being a plus 130, plus 140 dog-ish. And I dove into the numbers. I'm like, what, what you know, what am I missing here? I, I thought these two teams were closer um, than it assu- than I assumed or, you know, I, I th- than the books were telling us, right? So St. Louis, 46 points through 44 games. Calgary, 47 points through 46 games. So then I tried my best to look at the advanced numbers. And Calgary is you know, better than them, but it's not by much when it, when it comes to the advanced numbers, I'm shaking my head a little bit about, um, Bennington. I don't really know what to do with him. I feel like he's been, got off to a really good start and then he kind of cooled off and his advanced numbers say that he's still doing better than expected, but, um, he's my biggest question mark here. Uh, I was hoping that the pod could kind of, could kind of help me out. It's good news. I guess, Nick, that you're on this as well, but I just don't get here with the number. I think these two teams are closer than, than this. And, and, you know, Calgary's not going to fill the net. Um, they don't like terrify you in that aspect. So that's that's kind of how I land here. Yeah, I expect Calgary to outplay them at five on five. I don't think that's much of a take, but I also can't really get at this number. I think I'd made the point ahead of the uh, Caps Blues game, the first game, 
where I was wrong and the Caps did win, that the Blues have played an extremely hard schedule over the last 10 games. If you look, it's been really, really tough. The first Caps game was probably their really their biggest disappointment in a while, but that also could have gone better. I mean, Justin Folk, Folk was kicking shots into his own net, and they were pretty uh, snake bit in front of goal. Um, and then they dominated them on Saturday and got a pretty deserved win. I think that these teams are a little closer than this. Markstrom is going to return, so keep or it looks like he will return, but kind of word on that's going to be really important because I would love this number if it was going to be uh, Vladar, obviously. Oh, so yeah. I think just a little too close. I think if you're getting better than plus 135 or right at plus 135, I would go on on the Blues, and, and that was my favorite dog of the day as well. And then the Blues can be pretty opportunistic with their scoring. Their power play has been so dreadful this year, but it doesn't really make that much sense, like you'd think. And it's bounced back a little bit um, at times. I believe Calgary's is just day. as bad. I'm pretty sure Calgary's is just yeah, as bad. Yeah, and like the Blues should be able to run a pretty good unit. And again, it goes a lot past just the personnel, but um, I feel like Thomas, Cairo, and Buchnevich should be able to carry a pretty good unit. So, yeah, I, I feel like they're going to trend up a little bit in terms of their goal scoring, and that gives them a good avenue here. And then the other one, too, that could be the classic flames but i think you could definitely consider bennington going over his saves prop if it's set at 28 and a half or lower here so keep that in mind as well yeah nick uh st louis uh power play percentage 13.9 calgary 13.8 <laughs> Love, lovely yikes battle battle of two powerhouses my favorite underdog i think if you've been listening to the show you probably could guess where i'm going here i like the columbus blue jackets they are oh north, boy. north of three to one uh, right now against the Edmonton Oilers, who have uh, won just the 13 games in a row. Um, <laughs> the oil just crushing teams and just they, they make they're making it look so matter of fact, right? Their wins right now. There's nothing complicated about them. I feel like maybe the Leafs one was the only one that like had any drama to it. It feels like um, that said, uh, there's going to come a time when you're going to have to sell high. And uh, this this seems like a good spot to do it with a blue jackets team that you know if, if if they're not pesky i don't know what they are they they just hang around they get every game to overtime it seems like that they're, they're okay trading chances with teams because they have some some talent uh up and down the lineup to to score to score with teams like they can send a game to overtime four four it just happens um and it it's just a classic sell high spot could be calvin pickard it really looks like it's going to be calvin pickard uh in goal for edmonton we knew that the the numbers were going to get outlandish on uh, Edmonton when they started rattling off this this win streak. When you rhyme off thirteen in a row, they're they're going to get crazy. So, yeah, Columbus to me, it seems like a a good time to to take a shot on a, on a really really big underdog uh, and hope that they're the ones that that slow this roll for for the Oilers. The Oilers haven't lost since they lost to the Islanders in whenever that was, sometime in December. Of course, um, you remember. Yeah, I remember that one fondly. Uh, it was a, a, a game that I thought the Islanders played all right and then looked at the numbers. I'm like, Jesus, the Islanders did not play all right. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts here, Tim, on uh, CBJ and, and Edmonton? To be honest, I scrolled right past this when I was looking at the big board um, because, I mean, I'm I'm not um, looking to fade the Oilers as much as, uh, you know, as a gambler, I guess I, I should be thinking that way. And I, I kind of scrolled past it because I, I didn't even bother looking at the price. But now that you mention it, Columbus you know, plus three ten. I'm looking at right now. That's like a shark's price. Like that is a major, major, you know, inflated line. I know 
and I think to your point, which probably helps the uh, buy high aspect is I think I've now officially seen every uh, analytics, every writer, anyone who does power rankings, I think is now officially put the Oilers at the top. I got like a headline on my phone today that like, finally, like this writer is like, I put the Oilers at the top, which means probably the time to sell high. I also, um, I am rooting for the Oilers because I did grab them 18 to one to win the president's trophy uh, a week ago. I, I tweeted it out. It's going to be a fun little ride here. It's down to like 13 to one. So I guess I have a rooting interest now in the Oilers. Now that, you know, the ultimate chaos scenario of them missing the playoffs is very much out the window. So maybe, maybe leave off. Maybe I can get here with a little bit of a taste. I, I you know, takes, take some big balls here. Uh, Nick, you, you, you have thoughts on, on the total in this one that you'll save for later, but anything on the side? No, like I, I agree. I could think I could see uh, Columbus kind of surprising here. I'm going to pat myself on the back, Tim, and say I was power ranking Oilers number one like three weeks ago, and and people are still complaining that people are doing that today. But I think neutral venue, Oilers would be favored versus any team in the league right now if you had like sharp books price it out. And I think that continues to surprise people. We talked last week about how they were 11 to 1 and how like that looked good, even another 8 to 1 everywhere. And I think especially now with the possibility they won't get a nightmare matchup. But with that said, it like this is a huge number. And my main argument for the Blue Jackets as someone who's been really high on the oil is just that I think uh, Columbus has played better than people think. I think they have more offensive upside right now than they're kind of getting credit for. I don't love at all that Fentilli's getting slid back on the wing and Juricic is back down in the AHL. I don't really think they're running things well at all as an organization, but it does feel like they're kind of competing more and more. I think they can surprise and get some offense in this game, which ties into my overcall and I think still does work in the favor with Mike here. And the other narrative that I wouldn't be surprised at all to see in this game is maybe Columbus comes out and starts surprisingly well and maybe wins the first period and then the Oilers claw back into it late. I think that would be a uh, game script I could definitely see happening. Okay, so Blues and uh, Blue Jackets is our, our favorite underdogs for, for Tuesday night. Let's get into the big board now. We'll start with Dallas and Detroit. The Stars licking their wounds after falling victim to Patrick Waugh <laughs> and the New York Islanders. Uh, minus 148 in Detroit. The the Wings plus 124 and a total of 6.5. Detroit deserves a ton of credit for... Not, I mean, they're not just hanging around the uh, in the playoff picture, but they are like a, a a mover and shaker in the playoff picture right now. So so good on Detroit, but this this number looks like it looks about right, and that might sound surprising with how Detroit is is going right now. Um, but this this Stars team is is head and shoulders better than than the Red Wings. So I I could see uh, some logic in using Dallas if you wanted to make a a parlay or if you're round robining and looking for a uh, an anchor piece uh, to that bet nick what do you think yeah i would have played the stars down to minus 130 which are going to be passed but that just that's like closer to stars than wings here i think the main thing with detroit for me and they did play a really really good game sunday and a huge spot versus tampa so credit to them for that because that helped their playoff chances a ton and they deserve to win for sure but over the last nine games detroit's defensive play by most reasonable analytics and i think watching the games too there was some in there that were pretty clearly unconvincing hasn't been great it hasn't really been great all year and there's some pieces that i just don't think are that good defensively on their team and they're getting a crazy save percentage out of uh alex lyon for like a nine game sample so 
to be fair to Lyon, he was pretty damn good last year too, yeah. but I just don't really like I think they're due to allow a lot more goals. Um at 926 save percentage over the last nine games, and I think the chances have actually been pretty good quality. So um I just feel like they could regress on that front. Stars still look really good too at the other end of things. Like they scuffled through the Wedgwood absence. They don't have high skin and he hadn't been as good this year either. But you look at it, they still have three really high quality offensive lines. I'm pretty high on the stars. I think we're gonna see like two months from now. I, I imagine they're still gonna enter the playoffs like more comparable to the Jets and kind of like in that upper tier rather than anything else. So current prices look decent, but I, I definitely don't or uh closer to accurate, I should say, but I don't mind the stars at all here. I would add that I've had a I've been really surprised with Detroit and they they do leave off get a ton of credit. They navigated a pretty brutal scheduling spot like twice in a row in the last week. Um, I tried to fade them. I feel like every time and, and got burnt. Like they went um, at home, then at Toronto, then at Florida. Win both of those games. Go back up to Carolina, then home. Like it is, and it was really impressive their win over over Tampa Bay. And I know Tampa Bay has been kind of a polarizing team in terms of what we think they are, but God, I just have a hard time because I give Detroit a lot of credit. Like they, it's hard for me to fade them with the way that they just did things like this is, they, this was like NHL spots, like scheduled loss type things that they just but navigated. They were, I wouldn't. Yeah. But they were really lucky in that Florida game and Florida didn't have Barkov. Like I, I think they're did run pretty good on that one. Um, it, it's true. It's true. One, one knock. Yeah, I, I just it's I give them I, I continue to think, you know, less of them and try to fade them. And I just haven't been able to do it. It's like it's killing me. Yeah, that yeah. That, that game against Toronto, especially um, with all the travel and like showing up at an hour before. Uh, yeah, so good on the wings for, for uh, sticking around. I should say more than sticking around uh, in this playoff race. Two teams that are not in said playoff race right now, Ottawa and Montreal, the Habs are a plus 124 underdog at home. Ottawa traveling as a minus 148 favorite at a total six and a half. Uh, I will say one thing about the Senators right now. We saw, we, we've seen them do this before, this group especially. Like they just start winning off these meaningless games uh, down the stretch of, of uh, lost seasons. So you're going to hear that maybe talked about with, with the Senators. Um, as we get into the the dog days of, of February and, and March, I'm not betting the senators here. And, and I also will say too, that Shane Pinto, I think makes a difference because he gives them a, like a, a really good third line center, a guy who can, can help them see out leads. He's smart, good skater, good with the, the puck on his stick, a uh, good long Island guy. Um, so, you know, that, that uh, he, he, he helps them a bunch in the room, but uh, I, I, I've, there are very few teams in the NHL I'd want to bet Ottawa at minus 150 on the road with. So uh, the Habs don't make that list, Nick. I I would actually be closer on the Sens here than anything else. I'm quite low on the Canadiens. We were happy they paid off for us last Wednesday, but this team is just getting caved in. I don't even think the pieces that they people are pumping up are playing as good as they will. They are. And I, I still like the Sens, and they've had... It's a two-game sample, so I don't want to rate it too much because they've been legitimately worse under Martin. But they played unreal versus Winnipeg on Saturday. They that was a re- stupid loss, and um, it paid off the next day on Sunday. 
And I was looking at what they would need to get into the playoffs. They probably need about 29 wins out of the next 42 games. So if you're someone who's going to go down that road, just keep in mind that the prices out there are kind of absurd when you look at the amount of points they need to collect. They need to collect like 62 more points. So I thought you were um, going to say they need 29 things to happen. <laughs> they probably need, yeah, 50 things to happen. But, oh, I'm just low on Montreal right now, I think. And the one thing I like, too, the Sens have been pretty good at paying off their offensive chances. I don't know. It's it's a hard one to handicap, though, because Montembeau is uh, pretty much giving them, you know, some of the best goaltending in the league. And then you're looking at the Sens, who can just find a way to lose any game. So, I don't know. I wasn't going to touch this one, but I was kind of interested in the Sens. It, it, it's hard to wipe off the emotional scarring that Ottawa has given us. And I'm not even talking about from like betting and getting burned by them. I'm just talking about the way that they've played. Like, you know, they've how underwhelming they've been. But then this last sample, they've played pretty well. Like you said, Nick, they deserve to win that game against Winnipeg for sure. They rise to the occasion against Philly as a dog. And I think a lot of this price has to do with the fact that Ottawa, you know, waxed Montreal 6-2 in Ottawa, well, I think a week ago, two weeks ago, um, whatever time it Just is. Just the now. underlying profiles too, right? Because yes. Montreal is not looking so hot. So, I mean, We're actually if dead I, last over the last 10 games, 38% yeah, expected goals. If I had the ability to, you know, wipe the slate clean and just, you know, uh, today's a new day, forget about the past, I would be on Ottawa here. But but I just, I don't have that ability. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not that, I wish I was a better man. Yeah. Yeah. If this is an opening night uh, game, yeah. we'd be talking about the senators and talking about, hey, bet them 101 to win the president's trophy. Um, <laughs> luckily, it's it's January 22nd. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I think this is the game of the night. Uh, bolts and flyers. Uh, it's a pick em. It's in Philadelphia, and the total is six and a half. I like Philly here. Uh, I'd I like them at anything um, one, minus 120 or better. Tampa Bay's, like Detroit, like in a different way, deserves credit for, for finally putting together a stretch. I think a lot of people just assumed this was going to come based on pedigree alone. But when you looked at the numbers, there was never really a sign that Tampa was going to start cooking uh, up some wins. And, and they, they did come to a halt uh, against the Red Wings over the weekend. But Tampa's now in the mix here with uh, with Detroit, with Toronto in, in the for the third spot of the Atlantic. And they're in the wild card mix. So uh, good on the Lightning for for doing that and and you know, Tim Tim's been saying all season long, like I just don't want to 
bet against this team. I don't want to put my, uh, you know, what's on the table, uh, as as Islanders coach Patrick Wah would say, uh, and and go against them. That said, I just think the Flyers right now are playing a better game this season, right? Like it's that simple, and they're home, and it's a coin flip, and there's it's a pick 'em, and when if you looked at these two teams, their statistical profiles, and you covered up the names, and you said, all right, well, Team A, Team B, it's a pick 'em. Team A is at home. Here's their numbers. Team B is on the road. Here's their numbers. Who would you bet? I think you'd always look at the Flyers side of that equation. So that's what I'm going to try to do here. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on Philly too. Um, both teams, it's three and four for for the two of them. And what you said, it's and I've you know I've been banging the drum for the last couple of weeks. They're the best bet for a good effort. And with both teams in the same situation advantage Philly for being at home with the three and four. Yeah. I'll take the bet on the team that I can just trust more to give me that all out type effort. Tampa Bay, they've, you know, they're still a little depleted on the back end with Sergachev and now, you know, Saranac's day to day. So, you know, it's not a huge needle mover for me, but when you talk about the amount of bodies that, um, you know, how thin Tampa Bay is also to Tampa Bay's greatest weapon, right? We know it's the power play, best power play in the league, but Philly second best kill in the league. So um, that's a good, that's a good matchup for my liking. Also uh, under six and a half. I like yeah, if you, if you can get that, I think if you like Philly, it's correlated with the under. So maybe same game parlay. If you're interested, I just put one in on my phone, paid plus two thirty five. Philly. It's, it's hilarious. Um, two unders eight overs in their last 10 they just this is the formula for them this is how they want to win they're so well coached they're such a joy to watch i'll just i have no problem putting money on them and i i would say too i'm not going to bore you with the details but in terms of um the way that the bookmakers have had a just a very interesting they've had a, a very difficult time handicapping the flyers one minute they're like a minus 185 favorite and we're like wow that's a little too much respect and then you know they're uh you know they'd be like a plus 152 dog it's like they are i feel like vegas is flip-flopping over and over on what they think of them but i'll just you know continue to pick my spots with where i think i'm going to get a good effort yeah i had thought I, I agree with you guys i'm not going to talk anyone out of philly here i i think they deserve to be a slight favorite but i didn't have enough conviction to want to cover the the uh big on the game so not going to argue against anyone here and without looking you guys don't you know i don't look at stuff like this too much but i knew it would be true tampa's been a very unprofitable team i think more than any other team that's not surprising at all because the logic is simple they're getting a lot of credit for their priors over and over so that ties into what mike said i think about just looking at any statistic you want recently and this year philly's played a slightly better game Obviously, don't have the same kind of uh, goal scoring upside and power play that can just steal games, but they're definitely playing a much more complete team game, uh, uh, getting pretty reasonable goaltending. So I agree, I wouldn't wouldn't go against Philly here at all. Uh, Nick, your Caps are in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Uh, Capitals are plus one thirty six. The Wild minus one sixty two. A total of six uh, for this one. Feel like this one could be a good overtime look if you want to go that route. Um, in terms of the money line so i i got nothing here i i thought maybe uh the, the way that the lines looks and, and and the fact that minnesota's already taking money maybe we can get to the caps but I, I i doubt it what do you think yeah i was excited to smash minnesota here thinking they would open in like the minus 140 range but the odds makers were pretty wise to where the caps are at and where mini's at i think mini i was kind of mad at myself because i didn't have any conviction to follow up what was kind of 
I thought that maybe ahead of that Tampa game, Minnie was being mispriced because they had all their guys back. And then they let down so bad. I didn't ride it out over the weekend. And then they beat Florida and they beat Carolina. And granted, the Carolina game was pretty lucky. But that's what happens when you have Capra's up back in the lineup and you have some uh, elite goal scoring upside. Kind of the only note that I'll throw out there that we had talked about before. There's still Brock Faber out there at plus 700 to win the Calder Trophy. And I would play that. I think if you have not, like if I had like a 40, like if you have a 40 to one ticket from earlier in the year, then no, I wouldn't add. But if you have nothing and you want a little Calder, I think that he should be closer to plus 550 right now. I think if you're getting better than plus 600, you have the price to play. And that's with Bedard. Like I don't even hate Bedard right now either, but I just think uh, Faber should have closed the gap a lot more than this. He has more points outright than Luke Hughes now. He makes a bigger difference at even strength. He plays everywhere. He's averaging over 24 minutes now, and that's with the the uh, sample of games earlier in the year with Spurgeon in the mix. So he's not going to play 30 like he was when they were so depleted, but I just think the avenues there, he's going to keep quarterbacking the top power play, which hasn't had Kaprizov that often. And since it has, since Kaprizov's come back, Faber's just racking up points there. So I think there's a pretty good case for Faber, obviously, it sounds like Bedard's going to come back closer or sooner than anyone expected, which hurts. But I was kind of surprised to see that there was still a plus 700 out there on Faber. So do like that. Probably a good little Bedard hedge too, if you have that already, right? Yes, I think that'd be a good way of looking at it. I think you could do the reverse too, actually, with Bedard at minus 180. If you had a really good Faber ticket at 50 to 1 or 40 to 1, then you could, I think, consider that. It's a little scary because like, I know Luke Hughes is still wedged in between them, but I am. Um, don't really agree with that <laughs> um i i would say the capitals man like nick I, maybe i just trust you too much but we've had like i feel like a difficult time right fading them in the last what was the last it's brutal. week it was it's uh, been for me all year and it feels like every time they get a lucky win i'm trying to fade them and then the times i'm like sticking by my guns saying they're not very good they they lose and and I didn't play it because that's what happened Saturday. I kind of like I felt like the Blues got pretty unlucky and Thursday I wasn't really convinced. I kind of thought the Caps were and every time I'm just like, oh, I just want to watch the game and kind of hope they win. And then uh, and then they always lose those ones. So I've been riding that very consistently and I thought I would definitely end up fading them again. But yeah, like we said that while they're getting quite a bit of credit here. So I don't think yeah. there's anything else to do. Yeah, I really wanted to bet the Wild, but yeah, same thing. The price was just not to my liking. Didn't want to pay that much. And just for, not to speak for Nick here, but for myself, why I'm trying to fade the Caps, they're 22-16-6, despite a minus 24 goal differential. I mean, it's just pretty remarkable. That's It's that's ridiculous. Why. They win every close game. Like that's every close game. And then every time they lose 4 nothing, like someone's probably just bet on them like whenever they think they're going to lose, just fading their like puck line and stuff. But that's the kind of thing that I feel like Eventually, you're going to lose some of the close games. So that's why I have a hard time like betting into that. Just like bet them to lose big thing because I don't necessarily think it's like a like a sustainable trend. I just think eventually they're going to lose more games. The only case in their favor is Oshie's playing a lot better now. And Thatcher Eddie and him have kind of had some good chemistry. So it gives them a little bit of offensive upside they didn't have. But yeah, it's still hard to look at them as uh, being as good of a team as they are in the standings. Yeah, and Minnesota really has to get going here. Um, I would call it a successful trip down south 
winning two or three, but uh, they have some winnable games coming up on the schedule. So they got to get going. And uh, Leboff, just for you here, uh, the only team in that same neighborhood is the Capitals um, would be the Islanders, 20, 15, and 11 with a minus 20 goal differential. But we might be buying yeah, on them. Let's uh, we be buying them. Yeah, we'll save that for later. Uh, look, it's a new it's a new day on the island that we don't we're not even con- concerned about the first forty something games of the season. It's all about the future. It's all about St. Patrick. Wah. We'll get to him. Uh, we got two more games to go over here: Sabers and Ducks. Uh, Buffalo minus one sixty two. Anaheim plus one thirty six. Total six and a half. I like Anaheim here. Uh, as an underdog at home to a Buffalo team that is not very good, um, they are you know, six and four in their last ten, and that's basically what they've been doing all season. Uh, at their high water mark, is like they'll win six out of ten, and then they'll lose, uh, you know, seven of the next ten, and then they'll win six out of ten, and it's just it's it's just been ugly. It's been ugly all season. Uh, and Anaheim stinks. Uh, I don't I don't need to to like pump their tires any 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 bit here but i was kind of encouraged with what i saw out of them against the rangers i thought they played a couple decent periods against a a much better opponent they i know that the the goal was very much offside but a headier play maybe three it's three and it's three one ducks uh and and that game becomes a little bit of a different story and the the scoreline doesn't look flattering at all uh but anaheim was up late you know pretty late in that game two one um and yeah, I just don't trust Buffalo as this much of a of a favorite on the road. I think it's pretty simple here. So uh give me the ducks at uh wouldn't play it much further than this plus one thirty six number, but uh, I do think this is an, an okay time to to bet on Greg Cronin's Anaheim Ducks, Tim. I felt the same way. Uh when I looked at the line, Buffalo minus one sixty two. I know Anaheim's home. Um I'm just like, says who? Like says who the the Buffalo Sabres are that much better than Anaheim. Like I just I don't know. I don't know if I have the charisma, uh, you know, the courage to 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 actually bet Anaheim, but oh they just Buffalo should not be like getting this much like power ranking love because they're so volatile and, and their bad is really bad. So low event too. I can't believe how low event the Sabres are. Like it's just it's so weird. Watching this team that you know Nick all season last year, you were talking about how how much you loved watching Buffalo Sabres hockey, and it was driving me up a wall because they were chasing the Islanders for a playoff spot, and I was like, well, what, what about the Islanders? Watch the Islanders; they're fun too. Uh, and uh, complete. I, I don't know if I've seen a team do like this kind of a three sixty before. Um, you know, you'll see it with records, and and teams go you know, who are terrible defensively will turn things around because they have to. Uh, but this one where, where it seemed like they were going down the right path and they were, they found a, a really nice rhythm offensively without changing really any of their playing personnel or coaching personnel and just are a completely different team now. It's, it's so weird. Um, so yeah, I, I think Anaheim's def- like, they're, they're a bad team. They're, they're really bad defensively, but Buffalo isn't, uh, isn't the type of team that's going to punish you, uh, at least this season. So. Uh, I I do think that's that helps the Ducks here. Nick, anything on on Sabers and Ducks? No, I didn't really have much to add here. I the Ducks are terrible. I I think this is a favorite for my my opinion. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just yeah. I I kind of looked at this and I was like, all right, I don't want to bet that game. Your loss. Uh, Rangers and Sharks <laughs> to, to close it up before we get to best bets. Uh, 
The Rangers are laying minus 360. San Jose plus 285. Total of six. Uh, the Rangers' malaise has kind of continued. I know they beat Anaheim on Sunday night, but 4-5-1 and one in the last 10. They've basically been a 500 hockey team uh, for a couple months now. But, Nick, that's not enough for you to, to stay well, off them here. No, I'll throw that out because when I put this, like there's puck line at minus 115 today. There's Rangers at minus 300. So it's a huge yep. gap. So I would just add those numbers. I had a play that I had posted, not at minus 360. That's a big gap. So it kind of just depends what you're getting here. I fully respect. We've talked to more than anyone. I don't think the Rangers are playing that good at five on five. We have talked about how they're just dominant at reeling off these wins they're supposed to get. They always find a way. Like, 2-0 down to the Ducks, I was like, oh, it's just, they're going to get, like, a power play soon. They're going to score. They're going to get the Ducks in their heels. They'll find a way. I think this is a kind of a smash spot for exactly that kind of a narrative. You get Sharks playing, like, two of a back-to-back. I don't know. I don't love the Rangers, but I thought it was actually better than, uh, better than, like, when I look at this game and think about, Minus 310, I think that's fair. Like, that, like they deserve to be a bigger favorite than that, and they'll pay off more in this spot. So I don't love it. It's ugly. I think uh, whatever, I'm not going to. And the one note I'll throw, since I don't really want to pump this too much, is whatever, just because I actually got a really reasonable response from a uh, a nice follower on Twitter about your Islanders game, Mike, because I had posted on the app a small bet on the Islanders over the Hawks, which was strictly just saying, like, at minus 240, I thought they were going to win the game closer to three out of four times. So I thought there was an edge there. So whatever, it is what it is. It's horrific to post a pick like that. But I like, I'll like i just play a unit on a game like this. I don't believe that you have to bet three units to win one unit. I think you can just play whatever you think your edge is. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I'm just saying that's the way that I post it. And I had had the guy, I think he was saying I was betting to win one unit and then he was saying that the data looked wrong because so it was only saying minus one unit in the thing. So I'll just note that I'm always posting what I'm recommending as a bet size on the game uh, based off what I expect the edge to be. I know part of the reason don't people don't do that is because when you bet in person, then you get given like pennies and change from the teller. But um, <laughs> I am aware of that. But I just that, that's the way I look at it. It's just like, what kind of an edge do I have on this game, I think, and then uh, go from there. So with that said, yeah, I think that the Rangers deserve to be minus 360. It sounds like more of the sites are going to get there, minus 370. But, oh, the Sharks, they're getting dummied again. Yeah, but it's, Logan Couture's back. Logan Couture's yeah, he's, back. But, he's he's, he's going to fix he's everything. Filling, he's only filling into Granlin's role, and Granlin hadn't been that bad, right? So I think yeah. like on the like on the actual, like it doesn't really help them until, because now he's just playing second line center over Granlin, and it's like whatever you price that in. It's not huge needle mover unless Couture is playing really, really well. So, oh, I don't know. It's one of those ones I'll feel like an idiot, but I think if the, 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 some of the openers, the Rangers. And this is another important handicapping note that I'll throw out there quick too. I think more of the games where we've seen like a ton of line movement and like bad misprices, like last week, Mike and, and Tim, the Montreal game in New Jersey, a lot of sites opened that one up really, really badly. Like I thought Montreal is pretty clear that it deserved to be a bigger favorite. And I thought there's some bad openers there. A couple of weeks ago, Chicago versus uh, Edmonton. Like I actually think some of these like humongous favorites and like also underdogs have been some of the ones with like the biggest misprices this year. So, I mean, it'd be a little complicated to explain how to... Uh, you know what all goes into pricing those but i guess i would just say like keep your eye on those because it seems like a lot of them have been the ones that are having openers all over the place with 
kind of a more significant on what edge on one side or the other. Also, you know, I'll throw in here, like the spot for San Jose is really, I mean, you said back to back, but they're going, San Jose is going down to LA and then back home here. California is a big state, everyone. This is still, you know, like 300 miles or whatever it is. Like, I think a lot of people just assume the same state, like, oh, the, this is more travel than you think, fellas. Well, and I think the Sharks too, I, I mean, this doesn't, I don't want to go, I don't like going down too, too far down these paths, but that's a pretty big game for the Sharks relative to being like a lottery write-off pick in LA. Like they've lost LA like seven straight or eight straight or something and the division rival that I'm sure they'd like to have. So you'd think they'll be up for that one and and maybe that hurts their upside a little bit here. I just feel like I, I, I think the Rangers pay off in this spot. And, it, and it's good. I, I took the puck line, Nick, while you were talking. Uh, it's great because we can just absolutely like destroy the rangers if they lose this game no but if they don't it'll be that they freaking win in overtime or like come <laughs> yeah they'll be down like they'll be down something goals. stupid it'll be the same script as the ducks game um well i'd take that five yeah. two final that's all we want all right on to best bets uh now and we'll start with mine because uh we already talked about it a bunch and i like st louis in calgary plus 136 uh, as tim outlined these two teams the gap just isn't that wide uh, for for the Flames to be this big of a favorite, even at home. So I'll ride with the Blues uh, in that one. Okay, let's talk about yours, Tim. Uh, let's talk about the Islanders. Let's talk about the Golden Knights uh, traveling to New uh, to Long Island from New Jersey uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. Knights plus 110. Red hot. We'll see what happens in Jersey. Isles, one-game winning streak uh, under Patrick Waugh, minus 130. Uh, total here of six. One thing to note, and this is actually going to be important for what you talked about. While we've been recording, Simeon Varlamov has activated off IR. Ilya Sorokin has played 15 games in a row. I don't think it's going to be this one. I think that they'll probably target the game in Montreal for Varlamov as his first start. Uh, give him like a little bit of a softer opponent um, in uh, his first game back in a while. But it is some homework you got to do. Uh, anyways, let me let me see the floor to you, Tim, and talk about your aisles. In my aisles, your aisles, they're now my aisles too, because you know, just to put my cards on the table, I, I my family, I was born in Colorado. My family had season tickets to the Avalanche. Joe Sackick was my first word. So I, I have, you know, posters and you know, everything of Patty Wah, Joe Sackick, all those great uh Avalanche. So I was already you know, rooting for, you know, Patty was second stint as an NHL head coach to go well. And, you know, I was like looking for any excuse to bet this team just because of my personal bias. And then you get this Vegas team in a pretty tough back-to-back spot, uh, New Jersey, and then on the Island. And it's not just about, okay, yeah, back-to-back this Vegas roster and you get credit for uh, the comeback win against Pittsburgh on Saturday night, but they're, they're pretty depleted, man. That this you go and just look on their their line chart, like the middle of the ice, with no Eichel, no uh, William Carlson. It's it's really tough, and you're getting an Islanders team, obviously waiting for them here. Short price, I I got at one thirty. Honestly, I don't care what Nick says. Like I would probably like it to one forty five or something like that. I, I just think it's, you know, we're gonna we're getting an inspired Islanders group here. Patty Wall on the boys, Vegas. Uh, they're limping into the all-star break here, even though they've been, you know, 
digging deep, but it's a tough spot for them. Islanders all the way. Yeah, I fully agree. I love the Islanders here. I think it's a great spot. I don't even want to rate the potential turnout under Watt too greatly either. And he deserves, like, I'm not trying to slight him at all. I think he definitely proved that he deserves another chance in Quebec um, to be a head NHL coach with what he's done there the last six years, five, six years. And, um, but yeah, like you said, Tim, this Vegas team's completely decimated. And I mean, the Pens game was their best game of the week, I would say, but they also didn't prove that what's in the lineup is going to control that much of the play. And then the other area for upside, like hopefully if people can block in some good numbers, if Aiden Hill doesn't return, you have the potential, I think, to get a really, really good ticket in this game because Logan Thompson's going to play Monday. So unless they go back to back with Thompson, like I think it could be a situation where you end up really, really happy with the price you have on the Islands if you bet it early. So I think everything works in favor of that. It's just a like this is just a brutal spot if you're Vegas, just playing so short, so many guys, and now you got to go into there's gonna be all these crazy leave-off guys in this arena. Like I just, <laughs> I feel like uh, I, I like the Islanders to make it tough on them. I'm not convinced on what Vegas has done uh, over the last week, over the last yeah. And I granted they have a very good excuse. So I'm not trying to doubt them there on that front, but it just feels like one where you can totally see them running out of gas and not owning much of the play. And even then, what they have done, like they've really just kind of gotten better goaltending and more clinical finishing. But like, I don't think the overall product has looked much sharper than it was when they had that huge lull in like December. I think they're kind of still just right there and got on the better side of some uh, variance in those games. Like the Rangers game, everything just went in. The Preds game, the Preds, I thought could have had four or five. They missed some pretty, pretty good opportunities. So desperate yeah. New Jersey team Monday night, too. Like, yeah, two, like I just want to fade two teams here that are like really need to get going. Yeah, it's it's just such a it's a tough spot. And I feel like I can just see the Alice running them out of the building here. And then you get the potential for like fourth string goalie for Vegas if Aiden Hill doesn't return. And then, yeah, like, like if even Aiden if Thompson's back to back, like it's going to be a tough thing. night. Like, even yeah, if, and if, I don't know if they so. do that either. I don't think they really care about where they're at. So, yeah, there's just too many too many ways that this can work out being such a good number that i think it's definitely a great bet right now what could go wrong mike uh nothing nothing could go wrong i'll tell you the quick anecdote about how i uh learned patrick Wah was named islander head coach i was flying back from mexico uh, on saturday got uh on the internet about 20 minutes later the news came down i walked up about 20 rows to where my dad was sitting let him know and i walked back and there was a guy sitting in an Islander sweatshirt uh, about halfway back between my dad and my seat. And he was sleeping. And I woke him up. And I told him. <laughs> Stop it. Complete stranger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said, who are the Islanders? <laughs> no, I, well, I told him. I said, I said, they fired Lambert. And he goes, oh, really? That's great. And you could see like his lights were still turning on. And I go, they named Patrick Wava head coach. He's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I, I, like, he might have just fallen right back asleep and thought it was a dream. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how that happened. Uh, yeah, Islanders for me too. Uh, roll on, roll on, St. Patrick and Nick. Uh, we talked a little bit about Oilers and Blue Jackets. How about your best bet comes in on the total? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the over seven if you're getting better and even money. I think is a good bet. There's just too many avenues for this blowing up for me. I mean, I still view Columbus as being a team with more offensive upside. I think this could be one of those times you see them kind of surprise and pay off early. And it's been a much better stretch for Calvin Pickard, but I still don't think this is something we can be sold on. Like he was out of the NHL for a reason. So I think that gives a really good avenue for Columbus. And then 
at the other side of things, like if if the Oilers get in a position where they need to chase this game at all, like Columbus's defensive upside has just been downright terrible. And Tarasov's been really bad as well. It it almost feels I kind of think Merzlikens has been getting a little worse than he deserves when you look at some of the numbers and how awful uh Tarasov's been in comparison when he's in the net. So and Spencer Martin and whoever's in, it's just to me. Even seven doesn't seem high enough. I think there's way too much upside here. It, it feels hard to imagine the Oilers scoring less than four at all. And I just think this has all the avenues to blow open with uh, just Calvin Pickard if the, if the Oilers aren't locked down. Versus, and the other thing too, like I think Columbus, their power play should have a little more upside than it's shown moving forward. So for me, I think they're going to trend to being like a pure over team like we saw like a lot of last year. And even at seven, I like this one. Hey, Nick, um, you said that Pickard was, um, you know, an, an AHL goaltender for a reason. I thought that Jack Campbell was given five by five for a reason, you know, at the NHL level. Just saying. Campbell. I mean, it's true. It's hard to project goaltending, but <laughs> it is hard to project it. And and if Campbell can just catch can catch some uh, catch fire here down the stretch, Tim, that ticket, that Vezina <laughs> ticket is, is still alive. If they win the president's trophy. Yeah. <laughs> just need Skinner. Uh Pickard, uh, the guy who's playing over him in Bakersfield to get hurt and him to get white hot and and look and all of a sudden your ticket has legs again. Feels like 150 to one parlay. Looks yeah, that's why it's 150 to one. That's why he's <laughs> Can that's you not... win the Vesna playing like 18 games? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, oh. We're gonna find oh, out. Like, not even hit 18, I yeah. guess. Uh all right, on that note, uh, we'll wrap it here. Uh, we'll be back for Wednesday uh and Thursday as well this week. Uh as we head into the All-Star break. It's a it's a fun schedule on on Wednesday, actually. For the first time in a while, we get a, a handful of good games. Uh, looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, until then, best of luck with all your bets, especially that one on, on the Islanders. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.